Good evening, good evening. Thank you all for joining us tonight on the Women of Wisdom Bible Study with Evangelist Daryl Russell. We thank God for another night of Bible study. We have had a few technicalities, but we will not let that stop us. I see she is on the line at this time. I want to just take a minute to say thank you so much, Evangelist Russell, for being faithful for working through illness and your own issues and our technical issues. I thank you for your faithfulness. And I I know that tonight's uh, Bible study is going to be amazing. I thank you. God bless you. And let's get this party started. Amen. Okay. I had children and then Haran. Haran was the one I told you that had his his son was locked. Okay, that's Abraham's uh, nephew. He also had um, a daughter by the name of Milcah. Okay, so Nahor, the other brother, <clears throat> excuse me, married Milcah. Okay, and together they had children. All right, and one of those children is Bethel, B E T H U E L, and. Bethel had Rebecca and Laban. Now, Rebecca is the mate that's going to end up with Isaac. Laban is her messy, messy brother. And I want you to write his name down, L-A-B-A-N, because he not only is going to be in these chapters, he's also going to come back and, and mess with poor Jacob um, in some uh, chapters to come at 28 and 29 uh, or 29 and 30 of Genesis because he, he, he does some, some, some messy, some tricky stuff. But in this chapter, you're going to see the heart of Laban. Okay. So you're going to see, you know, the, the messiness, uh, um, peek its little dirty head, rear its little ugly head up to see what type of person that he is. Okay. So let's start Isaac and Rebecca. 
right, Genesis chapter 24. I am tonight. I am reading out of the New Living Translation, the NLT, because I, it reads better and I like the way it flows. Okay. So I'm not in the King James Version tonight. I'll be jumping back and forth, but I'm right now I'm in the NLT, okay? So Abraham uh, was now a very old man, and the Lord had blessed him in every way. One day Abraham said to his oldest servant, the man in charge of his household, take an oath by putting your um, hand under my thigh, swear by the Lord, the God of heaven and earth, that you will not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. There is a reason for that. We're going to talk about it. Go instead to my homeland, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son, Isaac. So just know that back in the biblical days, uh, intermarrying, you know, family members, uh, family members intermarrying was totally acceptable, okay? It was totally, remember, Abraham was married to his half-sister. Terah was the father of Sarah and Abraham. They were half-siblings. So they, he was married technically to his half-sister. So it is very acceptable, okay, very acceptable back then. The servant asked, but what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to travel so far from home? Should I then take Isaac there to live among your relatives in the land you came from? No, with an exclamation point. Abraham responded, be careful never to take my son there, for the Lord God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and my, lady, my native land, solemnly promised to give this land to my descendants. All right? So he's letting them know, uh-uh, don't take Isaac off this land. This land is for my <coughs> excuse me, descendants. All right? He will send his angel ahead of you. And he will see to it that you find a wife there for my son. If she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath of mine. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. Okay? So technically he's telling him, no, this land was promised to my descendants by God himself. Do not take my son from this land. Okay? Because his descendants... My descendants uh, are going to inherit this land. This is our land, okay? Did the servant argue with him? No. The servant, verse 9, the servant took an oath by putting his head under the thigh of his master, Abraham. He swore to follow Abraham's instructions. Then he loaded 10 of Abraham's camels, all kind of expensive gifts, from his master, and he traveled to distant Aram. Uh, it's Naharam. Remember, we talked about that um, last week. It's the, there he went to the town where Abraham's brother Nahor had settled. Okay, he made the um, camels near beside the well, just outside of town. And it was evening, and the women were coming out to draw water. Okay, so what I like about it is. He not only, uh, his master told him what to do, he did it. He didn't groan about it. Remember, uh, uh, 400, basically, with this, um, Abraham, let's start with, let's start with uh, Abraham, okay? Abraham wanted Isaac to marry within the family. All right, this was a common and acceptable practice. So I know we think, wait a minute, that's his cousin. Back then, that was acceptable. All right, now the son's wife was usually chosen by the parents. Remember, I talked about this before. Um, It was common for a woman to be married in her early teens. Although, by this time, probably Rebecca was a little bit older, okay? Okay. Abraham wanted Isaac to stay in Canaan, but he didn't want him to marry one of the local girls. Okay? So, listen. Back then, the Canaanites were serving several different gods. They had pagan gods out of this world, and they had several different gods. Each god had a different um, meaning. So, the issue was, Abraham is like, listen, if you if you marry out of the family, 
uh, his heart to be turned to another God. When we are serving the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, no, you cannot uh, marry out of the family, okay? You got to stay within the family, all right? And what I like about this is even though um, at this time Abraham is still under grace, the law had not even came into effect yet, but he knew that God did not um, want, um, say, believers to be linked up with unbelievers, okay? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7. All right? I want to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. This is... Um, uh, this is God uh, giving uh, the information, okay? He's talking, he's giving them the rules pretty much, okay, through Moses, all right? It says here, um, Genesis chapter, um, but let's start at verse 2. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before thee, he's talking about the nation, all the different seven nations greater and mightier than them. That's in the first verse. Okay, um, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor show mercy unto them. Thou shalt, um, thou shalt. Uh, it says, neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter, thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter, thou shalt take unto your son. So that means the sons and daughters of the children of Israel could not marry outside of the children of Israel, okay, the, the land of Canaan is, you know, big, big and little old, all right, because they will turn away thy son from following me. So see, just exactly what I said, that they may serve other gods. So will the, so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. All right, but thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images and cut down their groves and burn their graven images with fire. Why? Verse 6, for thou art an holy people unto the Lord thy God. All right, I'm reading now the um, King James Version, okay? The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people unto himself above all. People that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord, verse 7, the Lord did not set his love upon you, nor choose you, because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But look what he says in verse 8. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, you're talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. All right? So, again, uh, there is a reason why it's hard to um, fathom why sometimes, you know, we meet somebody and, uh, you know, they're of a different faith and, you know, we think that, you know, I'm in love, you're in love, everybody's in love, it's all going to work out, but then it doesn't, okay? Even though Abraham was still under grace, the law had not been given to his descendants, but he knew the consequences when not marrying someone in the faith. Now, listen, nowadays you got Catholic, Apostolic, Jehovah Witness, and so on. All are saying they are serving the same God in one way or another, okay? But back then, the Canaanites, they, they, they were heathen people worshiping different gods, okay? They were worshiping different gods. Well, what god... Um, what God? Well, I had uh, uh, did a little bit of research because there's so many. I'm only going to give you um, um, some of the uh, some of the ones um, that the bigger ones. Okay, so you had Baal, it's B A A L or Baal. All right. Basically, when the Israelites entered Canaan, they found a land of farmers. 
not shepherds, as they had been in the wilderness, and the land was fertile. Remember the land of milk and honey, uh, beyond anything the Hebrew people had ever seen. And the Canaanites, though, attributed this fertility to their God, with a little g, God, Baal, or Baal, B-A-A-L, all right? There, and this is where the Israelite problems begin. Now, you saw in Deuteronomy chapter 7, God told them through Moses, listen, I said, don't get hooked up with them people. Destroy them. Don't deal with any of them. All right? But guess what? This is where the Israelite problem begins. All right? They started praying to those other gods. All right, so then an intense battle began for the minds and the hearts of God's people. If you look at the book of Judges, the book of Judges is like an ongoing struggle that the Israelites were attracted to and worshipped the Canaanite gods. Okay? Uh, um, if you go to, you could just go to, um, at like every other, every other chapter in Judges talks about, um, let me see, again, they have sinned, let me see, here it is, chapter 4 in the book of Judges, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, okay, so every other chapter starts with, and the children of Israel again did evil in the sight of the Lord, why, because there was a struggle because they started looking at the other gods with a little G that the people around them were worshiping, even after the Lord said, get rid of them, all right? The struggle um, was, was, as we say nowadays, the struggle was real, all right? It was a spiritual, spiritual um battle. They had cults, they had graven images, they had, uh, you know, the sun god, the moon god, uh, Baal was the bigger one. Um, basically, uh, he had a mistress, uh, the fertility goddess, okay? She gave birth to many gods, including a powerful god, okay, and there, and basically, there was only one male, okay? Then you had um, Asherah, who was the fertility god, all right? So there was like all these different gods that came together for these outsiders, not um, the children of Israel. These were outsider gods. You know, the crops, if the crops did good, oh, it was this god. Oh, if the crops did bad, you should have probably prayed more to this god because, you know, um, it didn't work. You didn't pray. Um, uh, you know, you didn't do what you were supposed to do, and that's why our crops didn't um, do right. So always remember that when you have people of separate, even sometimes separate denominations, not everybody worships. Yeah, they all say they worship the same God, but then you've got religion that comes in to play. All right, I'm not talking about relationship because there is only one God. But the way we go about worshiping them, the way we study the Bible, it, you know, in different religions, it's different. All right, some say, you know, you shouldn't do this. Some say you shouldn't do that. Some say, you know, um, uh, you shouldn't dress like this. Um, you shouldn't uh, talk like this. But you know what? If you read the Bible, the Bible is very specific. And then, too, you have to let the Holy Spirit guide you, okay? A lot of people say they have the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit is a life change. You cannot, um, uh, you know, speak in tongues on Sunday and then go home Sunday night to your living boyfriend, and you guys are having unmarital sex. That's not the Holy Spirit. Okay, the Holy Spirit is going to grow you. It's going to be some conviction, okay, and some conversion. You're not going to continue to live the same way, okay? There has to be some change, all right? Now, listen, 
The Bible calls this practice detestable. When the, the, the children of, of, of Israel were following after the other gods, you'll find that in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 31, and Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 9 and 10. All right, God specifically appointed the tribe of Levi as his special servant, okay? And he, they were to teach the people. Now, a lot of these um, gods that they worshipped, they dealt a lot in um, ritual sex, which we all know will get you into some trouble, all right? They, they dealt with um, um, ritual Ritual sex. So this Asherah I was telling you about was they thought she was basically Baal's mother. She was also his mistress. They also practiced what's called sympathetic magic. What that is is they believe they can influence the god's actions by performing the behavior they wish the gods to demonstrate. Okay, so what that that's what that's called, sympathetic magic. That is, they believe that they can influence the God's action by performing the behavior they wish the gods to demonstrate. All right, so there was a lot of um, what they call back then religious prostitution, religious prostitution. All right, because you had male priests of the of the. Um, heathen nation, and uh, uh, women, okay, the, uh, a priestess or a female representative, um, and they would have perverted sex. And we all know in the Bible, God does not condone that. So Abraham knew in the beginning that God uh, did not want him to mix or have Isaac marry somebody that was not in the family, okay? So that's why, that's why, all right? So this is in contrast to um, Hagar selected a wife for Ishmael um, out of her country, the, the land of, of Egypt. Remember that? We, we read that, all right? So Abraham wanted to obey God you know, in the who as well as the where, all right? So make your obedience full and complete. Don't just uh, follow some rules and be like, oh, God knows my heart on some of the other rules. No, make it full and complete. Say, yes, Lord, even though sometimes I don't understand what, what's going on and I don't understand where you're taking me or, or uh, anything like that, I'm just going to follow you anyway, God, Um uh, you know, it might hurt, and I might, you know, be a little lonely for a little while, but I'm going to trust where you are taking me, all right? Now, we notice that um, the servant, uh, let's go back into the scripture. Uh, we notice that the servant gets to the well, okay? So now, um, the first thing he did when he got to the well Look what he said. Abraham told him he was going to send his angel ahead of you, and he will see that you find a wife there for my son. But listen, if she is unwilling to come back with you, then you are free from this oath. But under no circumstances are you to take my son there. Okay? So the servant took the oath. You see that? He traveled to the land. Yes. But then what did he do? He made the camels kneel beside the well just outside the town. It was evening, and the women were coming out to draw. Remember, like the well, I call it, um, the well is kind of like the central uh, meeting place in the evening because, remember, it's hot in the daytime, and, uh, you know, ain't no shade. So now it's getting evening. The women are coming out to draw, you know, the water for the cooking and the bathing and the cleaning. They all drew from one well. The same well was what the animals drank out of as well. But the women came out in the evening to draw the water, all right? So the well was a chief source, basically, of water for the entire village, all right? usually located um, outside of town along a main road, all right? Sometimes people had to walk a mile or more for water. They could use only what they could carry home. 
Remember that those big, gigantic pots that you saw sometimes they have them, they holding them, or they have them on their head. This thing was heavy. And try adding water on top of that. So not, not only are the pots heavy, once you fill them up with water, they are heavier. And these are women coming out. So these wasn't no uh, uh, weak women carrying the big pots of water. All right? Now, Let's see the first thing that Abraham's servant did. All right, verse 12. O Lord God of my master, Abraham, he prayed, please give me success today and show unfailing love to my master, Abraham. See, I am standing here beside this spring, and the young women of the town are coming out to draw water. This is my request. So the first thing he did was pray to God. The second thing he did was he was persistent in his request. Now I'm telling y'all right now, don't start with the big houses, the big cars. You got to have a whole lot of money. All right? God sees the heart. God sees the inside first, you guys. You see, man looks at the outside God is looking at the inside, okay? So let's keep going. He said, this is my request. I will ask one of them, please give me a drink from your jug. If she says, yes, have a drink, then I will water your camels too. Let her be the one you have selected as Isaac's wife. This is how I will know that you have shown unfailing love to my master. Before he had finished praying, look at God, he saw a young woman named Rebecca coming out with her water jug on her shoulder. She was the daughter of Bethuel, who was the son, who was the son of Abraham's brother, Nahor, and his wife, Milcah. So remember when we did the little background real quick. There she is. Rebecca was very beautiful, okay, and old enough to be married. Remember that some girls were teenagers, some girls were a little bit older, okay? But she was still a virgin. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up again. Running over to her, the servant said, please give me a drink of water from your jug. Yes, my Lord, she said. Or she answered, have a drink. And she quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and gave him a drink. When she had given him a drink, she said, I'll draw water for your camels too until they have had enough to drink. So she quickly emptied her jug into the watering trough and ran back to the well and draw water for his camels. The servant watched her in silence, wondering whether or not the Lord had given him success in his mission. Well, ain't that what he asked for? I'm just saying. Then at last, when the camels had finished drinking, he took out a gold ring for her nose and two large gold bracelets for her wrist. Whose daughter are you? He asked. And please tell me, would your father have any room to put us up for the night? She said, I am the daughter of Bethel, she replied. My grandparents are Nahor and Milcah. Yes, we have plenty of straw and feed for the camels, and we have room for guests. The man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. Look at there. So he knew right then and there who she was, and what did he do? He bowed low and he worshiped the Lord. All right? So let's go back. Abraham's servant asked God for guidance in this very important task. Basically, Elijah was um, um, probably the servant because he was the head servant in um, Abraham's house, okay? And you'll find that in Genesis chapter 15, verse 2, when um Abraham was saying, asking God, listen, Eliezer, you know, or Eliezer was his main guy in the house, and he wanted him to be the, his descendant, and God said, no, you're going to have your own son, so it ain't going to be Eliezer, okay? All right. 
So Elijah was watching his master, and he learned about the 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 the, the God or uh, the God of Abraham. All right, he learned about it. Then he asked her who her family members was. All right, so that confirmed pretty much what he wanted. Now, some interesting facts. Camels, a thirsty camel, remember, they traveled a long way, somewhere hundreds of miles, okay? It wasn't no day. And remember, they walked. They had 10, he came in town with 10 camels. So first on the outskirts of town, he's got 10 camels. Then he's got gold and jewelry and money. So he's traveling with an entourage or with his homeboys, so to speak, okay? So not only is he coming, people see him coming, they, he's at the gate. So whoever came out to the gate probably ran back and said, hey, there's a guy out there with 10 camels with a whole bunch of jewelry, and, boy, he's loaded. He's got servants with him, blah, blah, blah. So now they're all talking. The gossip, remember, they had no telephones back then. So whoever was out um, at the gate ran back and saw, all right? But what I like is the scriptures say before he had finished speaking, before he has finished speaking, if you go to Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24 in the King James Version, write it down. It talks about, and it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. Don't you think or do not think for one minute that God does not hear you when you speak, it's just sometimes things happen, okay? Sometimes it might not be in um, God's will, okay? It might not be. Or as my uh, pastor uh, said, you might be praying the wrong prayer. Maybe that's not, you know, that's not the one. That's not it. You know, maybe God does not grant our request for our own good, okay? Maybe. If you go to um, uh, Daniel, the book of Daniel, and he talks about that um, as well. Excuse me. The book of Daniel, chapter 10, uh, verse 12. The book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 12. Then said he unto me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. So he's telling Daniel, we heard you the first day. You made your request known to God. But if you keep reading, um, you got to hold up like 21 days. So Sometimes, you guys, when we get, um, what's the word, impatient, sometimes we are very, very impatient. God is coming. The angel, he's sending word that he's coming to answer our prayers, our requests, but we get frustrated because he didn't, you know, we are right now people. We're like, do it now, God, do it now. And sometimes God is like, you know what, no, not right now because Sometimes things need to wait because we need to grow because, you know, a lot of times the blessing that we want, we're not even ready to take care of, all right? So there's a lot going on right now, okay? So now she told the servant who she was, who her grandparents was, all right? And what did he do? Verse 26, the man bowed low and worshiped the Lord. Praise the Lord, the God of my master. Abraham, he said, the Lord has shown unfailing love and faithfulness to my master, for he has led me straight to my master's relatives. So not only uh, not only did he uh, answer the prayer the way he asked for it, it was the right female, okay? Now, what I like about this whole issue is Rebecca was just out there doing what her heart told her to do, okay? She didn't say, uh-uh, I ain't giving you no water. I ain't feeding all them camels, okay? I mean, that's too much. 
This thing is heavy. I'm tired. I'm going to take this water back to my people. I'm, you know, that is not what she did. Okay? That is not what she did. Um, the scripture says whoever believes will not act hastily. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. All right? So the servant was praying, praying, praying. And while he was speaking, all right, while he was speaking, here comes Rebecca. So now the servant, while she's working, the servant was evaluating to see if she would make a good wife for his master's son. Remember, he's checking her out. She don't know what's going on. That's why sometimes when, when God has us doing a task, if we do this task with mumbling and grumbling and groaning and, oh, God, I don't know, I'm tired. Oh, Lord, I feel like doing this and that. Somebody may be watching us, okay? But what Rebecca did showed her character, all right? She was kind. She was pleasant. She was humble. And she was healthy. And look at her. She was a hard worker. I was reading, watering 10 candles is no small thing. You don't just hand them a bucket. A thirsty camel. Now, mind you, they've been traveling days, okay? A thirsty camel can drink anywhere from 29 to 40 gallons of water. That's one camel. 29 to 40 gallons of water. He had 10 camels. Ten. So that's a lot, a lot of running back and forth. Remember, because she got to dip it down in there, pour it in there, dip it down in there, pour it in there, dip it down in there, pour it in there. And she running back and forth. But did she grumble? No. Did she mumble? No. Did she complain? No. She didn't. All right? So... She drew all that water by herself. It doesn't, the scripture does not say that anyone helped her. All right? So uh, that's what I like about Rebecca. She was a hard worker, okay? All right. So now he gave her trinkets. I call them. He gave her a nose ring and some bracelet, okay? But once uh, uh, you look at them, you can tell it wasn't no cheap stuff, okay? All right. So now the Lord had shown unfailing um, faith, love and faithfulness to my master, and he had led me straight to my master's relative. Verse uh, 28. The young woman ran home to tell her family everything that had happened. Now Rebecca had a brother named Laban. Okay, I'm going to just go ahead and tell you who Laban is. Laban is also the father, later on, of Leah and um, uh, Rachel. Those are going to be Jacob's wives, okay? That's going to be Isaac and uh, Rebecca's son, uh, Jacob, who has a name changed to Israel. Do you see where I'm going with it? Uh, um, Jacob has four, four wives that are named in the Bible, okay? Two of them are Laban's daughters. Leah is the older one, and uh, Rachel is the younger one, okay? So that's who Laban is. So Rebecca had a brother named Laban who ran out to meet the man at the spring. He had seen the nose ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrist and had heard Rebecca tell, um, tell uh, what the man had said. So he rushed down to the spring where the man was still standing beside his camels. Laban said to him, come and stay with us. You are blessed by the Lord. And it says, it's an exclamation point. Why are you standing here outside the town when I have room all ready for you and a place prepared for the camels? So the man went home with Laban. And Laban unloaded the camels gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. So remember, he's not alone. He's got a crew of people with them, uh, you know. So he's feeding them. You know, Laban's playing the host right now. The ho I call it the hostess with the mostest because he has uh, a trick up his sleeve, okay? So he has a trick up his sleeve. Believe you me, he ain't just doing it. Uh, 
out of the kindness of his heart. All right? He ain't just doing it out there. He always has a trick. All right? So now he says, um, verse, I think we're at verse 32. So the man went home and Laban, and Laban unloaded the camels, gave him straw for their bedding, fed them, and provided water for the man and the camel drivers to wash their feet. Then food was served. But Abraham's servant said, I don't want to eat until I have told you why I have come. Because remember, this servant is on a mission for his master. So he has to come. He can't do nothing until he completes his mission. This is how the servant is thinking in his mind. Listen, uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. I don't want to eat and drink and be merry and get drunk and fall asleep and don't tell you. Because remember back then they had wine with dinner. So I don't even want to get that far until I tell you why I'm here. Okay? All right. So, um, all right, Laban said, tell us. He said, I am Abraham's servant, he explained, and the Lord has greatly blessed my master. He has become a wealthy man. The Lord has given him flocks of sheep and goats and herds of cattle, a fortune in silver and gold, and many male and female servants and camels and donkeys. So now he's telling him who his master is, Abraham, and all the wealth that he has. He said, when Sarah... My master's wife was very old. She gave birth to my master's son. And my master has given him everything he owns. And my master made me take an oath, he said. Do not allow my son to marry one of these local Canaanite women. Go instead to my father's house, to my relatives, and find a wife there for my son. But I said to my master, what if I can't find a young woman who is willing to go back with me? He responded, the Lord in whose presence I have lived, will send his angels with you and will make your mission successful. Yes, you must find a wife for my son from among my relatives, from my father's family. Then you will have fulfilled your obligation. But if you go to my relatives and they refuse to let her go with you, you will be free from my oath. So today when I came to the spring, I prayed this prayer. Oh, Lord, God of my master, Abraham, please give me success on this mission. See, I am standing here beside the spring. This is my request. When a young woman comes to draw water, I will say to her, please give me a little drink of water from your jug. If she says yes, I will have a drink, and I will draw water for your camels too. Let her be the one. You have selected to be the wife of my master's son. And that's exactly how it happened, all right? Before I had finished praying in my heart, so see, he wasn't even talking out loud. He was, he was praying in his heart. Before I had finished praying in my heart, I saw Rebecca coming out with a water jug on her shoulder. She went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, please give me a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, yes, have a drink and I will water your camels too. So I drank, and then she watered the camels. Then I asked, whose daughter are you? She replied, I am the daughter of Bethel, and my grandparents are Nahor, that's Abraham's brother, and Milcah. So I will put the ring on, so I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrist. Then I bowed and bowed low and worshiped the Lord. I praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, because he had led me straight to my master's niece to be his son's wife. Okay? So tell me, will you or won't you show unfailing love and faithfulness to my master? Please tell me yes or no, and then I will know what to do next. All right. Then Laban and Bethel replied, the Lord has obviously brought you here, so there is nothing we can say. Here's Rebecca. Take her and go. Yes, let her be the wife of your master's son, as the Lord had directed. When Abraham heard their answer, he bowed down to the ground, worshiped the Lord. Then he brought out silver and gold jewelry and clothing and presented them to Rebecca, 
He also gave expensive presents to her brother and mother. Then they then they ate their meal, and the servant and the men with him stayed there overnight. But look, you know, the devil always tries to throw a monkey wrench in God's plan, okay? It don't matter how good and, and, and right we think we are sometimes in God, the devil always tries to throw a monkey wrench in the plan of God, always, all right? Look at what happened. But early the next morning, Abraham's servant said, send me back to my master, but we want Rebecca to stay with us at least 10 days. Her brother and mother said, then she can go. Now, that was not the agreement the night before, okay? Now, they didn't have a chance to sleep on it, and Laban's thinking about all the little trinkets and all the little gifts that the servant had given to the family. He's thinking, well, maybe shoot. We keep them here about 10 more days. We can get some more trinkets and some more gifts and, you know, delay them a little bit further. No, that's not what they told him. They told him, take a go back. Remember, the women back then did not have any say-so on who they married, period. But in this case, Rebecca does, all right? But he said, don't delay me. Now, this is the servant talking to them. The Lord has made my mission successful. Now send me back so I can return to my master. Well, they said, we'll call Rebecca and ask her what she thinks. So they called Rebecca. What they thought she was going to say was, no, I'm going to stay here with my family a little bit longer. That's what they thought. She, they thought she was going to agree with them. Are you willing to go with this man, they asked her. And she replied, yes, I will go. Now, mind you, she does not know Isaac at all. They have never met. All she knows is that Abraham sent his servant to find a wife for his son. Okay? She knows that the man, you know, has riches. She knows that the, the you know, the servant is, is kind. He was, you know, he was checking her out. She knows that she's about to go back and be somebody's wife. That's all she knows. She don't know what type of man he is. Um, anything. All she's going by is what the servant said about um, his master's son, okay? And that's the same way um, we should be about Christ. When people ask us about Christ, um, we should tell them about, you know, hey, our, 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 our God, you know, he came down and, you know, he suffered, he bled, he uh, died, they hung him up on a cross, you know, he died, but on the third day he rose and now he's sitting at the right hand of the Father with all power, all the riches, all the gold, you know, talk about heaven, what you, what you read in scripture, you know, People are looking at us, seeing what type of uh, reference that we're giving our master. You know, what kind of reference are we giving our master? Are we talking about him like um, uh, just talked about um, Abraham? Or are we going to say, you know, well, sometimes, you know, uh, I don't know if God is listening to me and I don't think God heard me, you know. Some things are better left unsaid. Even if you thought it, sometimes it ain't always need to come out of our mouth, okay? And just always remember that, okay? So they asked Rebecca. She said, yes, I will go. Verse 59. So they said goodbye to Rebecca and sent her away with Abraham's servant and his men. The woman who had been Rebecca's childhood nurse went along with her. They gave her this blessing as she parted. Our sister, may you become the mother of many millions. May your descendants be strong and comfort the cities of their enemies. Then Rebecca said, and her servant, girls, mounted the camels and followed the man. So remember, they're riding camels. Some of them are walking. Some of them are, are riding. This is a long, long way. Okay? All right. All right, so now um, let's see here. So now um, they went on their way. Me Isaac, whose home was in Negev, had returned uh, from uh, Bir Lahar Roy. That's um, 
basically what that is is Negev is like in the um, uh, southern, I think it's in the southern uh, region of uh, Israel. All right, and Beersheba, Beraloi, all of them is around in the same spot. All right, so they're all in the um, southern Israel where these where these are. Okay. All right. So now, uh, meanwhile, Alec, who um, who was home in the gap, had returned from Beraloi. Uh, one evening, as he was walking and meditating in the field, he looked up and saw the camels coming. When Rebecca looked up and saw Isaac, she quickly dismounted from her camel. Who is that man walking through the fields to meet us? She asked the servant, and he replied, it is my master. So Rebecca covered her face with a veil. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. So mind you, Isaac don't even know he's about to get married. Okay, his father sent his servant to go do a job. Once the servant done the job and came back, then he told Isaac what his father told him to do. Did Isaac say, I don't want her. She, she, she too heavy. She too dark. She too light. Her hair ain't long enough. Hair too long. Ooh, her hair is nappy. Hair too straight. No, that ain't what he did. It said here, um, and Isaac brought Rebecca into his mother's tent, Sarah's tent, and she became his wife. He loved her deeply, and she was a special comfort to him after the death of his mother. So he married her right there on the spot. It wasn't no if and or you know what, Lord, um, there might be a cuter one come along, or maybe this one ain't her. Um, are you sure, God, that it's the right person? Y'all know how we do, especially if it ain't somebody that we thought we gonna, that we wanted. We always look at it like, um, um, Lord, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the Bible said it. I'm can you hear me? So we can get Yes, ma'am. All right. Uh, your line ain't muted, dear. Okay. So now um, I wanted us to end on that note. Um, thank everybody for coming out. And uh, the scriptures tonight, I think I gave them all to you already. Deuteronomy chapter 7. Isaiah, uh, the first, let's see, Deuteronomy chapter 7, the first seven verses, Isaiah chapter 65, uh, verse 24. Uh, we talked about the different um, pagan gods that the Canaanite people uh, worshipped. Some of the different ones, I didn't really want to go in deep about it because, you know, they don't matter anyway. I just wanted you guys to know why Abraham said, N-O, no. All right? So I'm hoping everybody enjoys the Bible study tonight. Next week we're going to recap a few things, and then we're going to go right into Genesis chapter 25. God bless you. God keep you. Uh, may God cause his face to shine upon you. Good night, everybody.